This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. I've been particularly tuned into language over the last few weeks. As most of you know, over the past three weeks, we have had the pleasure of hosting six friends from the Anglican Diocese of Southern Malawi. All six are fluent in Chichewa, which is the indigenous language of the people in that region. English is the official language of Malawi, so all six are fluent in English as well. Nonetheless, differing accents, different vocal tone, speech patterns combined with, for me at least, some hearing loss, and hearing and listening has been particularly challenging. Each time one of our friends speaks, I lean in, I tilt my head a little bit like my dog Murphy when he's kind of confused. And I try with all my might to make sure I understand what they're saying. And I ask them to repeat themselves often. And they are very patient with me and very kind. And they repeat themselves. And it turns out it works both ways. As those of us who are hosting and traveling with them speak, we can see them lean in, tilt their head a little bit, a little confused watching, lots of eye contact. They're working very hard to understand what we are saying. We repeat ourselves often as well. All of us are committed to giving no offense and trying not to say anything in a way that's confusing, paying attention to idioms and just phrases that don't make sense across culture. Each of us have been speaking more slowly, more articulately, and clearly waiting for some acknowledgement that we have been understood and all happily repeat ourselves. And that is with all of us actually speaking English. <laughs> so imagine then the dramatic and chaotic scene in the well-known passage from the Acts of the Apostles that we heard read this morning. The disciples were all gathered in one place and the Holy Spirit blew into the room in which they were gathered and landed on top of them as if a tongue of flame was coming out of the top of each of their heads. And they rushed out into the street, literally with their hair on fire, proclaiming the good news of God in one language. And yet somehow, others in the street, looking past this shocking spectacle, understood what they were saying in their own language. As if to drive the point home, the writer reminds the reader that this wasn't a matter of accent or cadence or tone of voice. These were people from all the known world, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and all the other people that Joy Philpot read so perfectly. And visitors from Rome and Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, everyone could understand what was being said in their own language. Some, scriptures say, embraced. Some believed. I suppose they believe what was said in the last, the very last episode of This Is Us, which Chris and I finally watched. When the universe puts something that obvious in your path, it would be foolish to ignore it. They heard and they understood and they believed. Others, strangely, dismissed the disciples as the most intelligent, articulate day drinkers ever. This story is so dramatic that it's not readily obvious exactly how we should apply it to our lives today. And you know, that's fine. 
for a moment, let's just leave it in the there and then and let it be what it was. Acknowledge that God's love broke into the world that day in a very specific and dramatic way. Kickstarting what would become the early church and the beginning of Christianity. For a moment at least, let's not boil it down to metaphor. Let's let it be what it was. This amazing spirit-filled event. We can simply sit back and be amazed at the work of God, driving those spirit-filled firebrands out of hiding to share the reality of the resurrection with the world. The world around us is filled with, the, with myriad languages on the planet. And so now as we begin to think about this and begin to apply it to our lives, maybe we pick up something. As the U.S. grows more and more diverse, sounds fall on our ears that are beautiful and exotic and compelling and sometimes confusing. And in that context, the church is still called to continue to proclaim the mighty acts of God, proclaiming that Christ is risen, working in hope and hoping that others can understand what we are trying to say. And most of the time, we do it in our native tongue. However, as the Reverend Jackie Clark says in her Pentecost sermon, we also have acquired other languages along the way as we grow. Along with our native tongue, English, Spanish, Vietnamese, Chichewa, whatever it is, most of us have also acquired other languages. And many of us have grown quite fluent and even have chosen them perhaps over our native tongue. Some of us have grown quite fluent in conservatism and liberalism and centrism. We prefer the soft syllables of that acquired language over the harsh and confusing sounds of the others. Right this minute, some of us speak a particular dialect of the Second Amendment fluently having adopted it as a primary language, regardless of the cost. When faced with gun violence and the need to speak a different language, we simply shout out louder in our acquired tongue, refusing to believe that the Holy Spirit might actually be leading us in a different direction. Others speak the language of disarmament, Dismissing any other dialect as primitive, cruel, uninformed, and thereby unable to hear any other voice except the one we have acquired. Right this minute, some of us speak the language of the pro-life movement exclusively, refusing to listen to any foreign voice inviting us to consider something in this conversation beyond an embryo. Others shout loudly in the acquired tongue of liberty and freedom, refusing to hear the voices asking us to consider some other things. Some of us have acquired the language of nationalism or a particular slant on the news or an economic philosophy or simply our own best interest. The list of acquired languages goes on and on. And before long, we have devolved into a chaos, hearing only 
other voices as frightening, as murmuring, as so much confusion, assuming malice and hatred. And every, every turn, oh, that they were just daydreamers. But you know, over the den of these competing acquired languages, there is a third language that we were taught as believers. Some of us have been listening to it our whole lives. Others came to it somewhere along the way, and today might be the first time some have ever heard it. At 9 o'clock this morning, we baptized a brand new baby, introducing a sweet boy to the language of covenant, to the language of baptism. We learn in halting words, and we practice over and over to renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God of accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord, of committing ourselves to the life of faith, of seeking and serving Christ in all persons, of respecting the dignity of every human being, of sharing the love of Christ with the world. Can you hear that language? Do you remember that language? Is it as native to you as the one you were born with and as the languages which you have acquired along the way? Can you even remember it? Because you see, I am convinced. I am convinced that if we as people of faith speak the language of baptism fluently, earnestly, and consistently and pattern our lives after the teachings of Jesus, the world will hear it loud and clear no matter native or acquired tongue. And there is another language still. You have to lean in. You will invariably tilt your head. You will make long eye contact because it's often a mere whisper. It's something that's driving us out of our hiding places. It is the work of the Spirit. It is the language of the Holy Spirit and to quote Bishop Tanga Tanga from a meeting just yesterday morning, he called it the shenanigans of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is at her shenanigans again. She's up to something now, right this minute, in this room. The Spirit is driving us out of our hiding places and pushing us beyond our comfort as she always does, always confronting our certainty, always asking us to listen for her voice, always asking us to think beyond our own self-interest. So listen, friends, listen. Listen for the Spirit. Listen to one another. Ask each other to repeat ourselves over and over carefully so that we're clear and we sure we understand what the other is saying. Make long eye contact with each other. Can you hear the Spirit's voice? Do you believe in the good news of God or do you think everything I said was just silly day drunkenness? Well, if you do believe, 
please heed the voice of your baptism. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And for goodness sakes, do it now. School children are waiting for you. Grieving parents are waiting for you. Teachers are waiting for you. The sick, the desperate, the lonely, the isolated, the ones with nowhere else to turn are waiting for us. The Holy Spirit is moving. She's moving in you. She's moving in us, inviting us to add our voices to the proclamation of the good news of God in Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.